Shem Kelly, intermediate manager. Well done. Brilliant performance by the Kilkenny girls to come away with a 213 to 18 victory over Cork. Your fourth time playing them this year. Fantastic victory to be fair to you yourself and the, the girls really put in a huge effort in particular the girls did and what a way to win it in the end in glorious sunshine here in Cadden. Yeah look to be honest it's more so the girls matter not me or the management you know they're the ones across the white line to the whole panel pushing this week to you know get that performance out of us and in fairness like it you know at half time we, we were under a bit of pressure you know what I mean so but in the second half we just pushed on pushed on they stayed calm and again introduced different players off the bench today and they made an impact straight away so look here we're delighted to get the result here today. First half, 166 points. You went in a goal down at half time. Cork probably got on top of you. You had a good 10 minute spell. You went a couple of points ahead of them. You played really, really well. Cork then got grips with it, got the goal probably against the run of play, to be fair. So going in at half time, three points down, what were you feeling in the dressing room? Yeah, look, we knew there was still more in us. You know, like the goal that they got, they caught us on the run of play, as you said. And for all the hard work we'd done in the first probably 15 minutes, getting the four points on the board, we, we knew there was more in us. The, the, the lines out there weren't all working with other girls had way more in the tank and kind of we went in and reset ourselves and just took a deep breath and focused back in and do, do what we did in the first 10 minutes if we can get back to that we're, we're going to go somewhere and then and then as we agreed that with 10 minutes to go then we brought in the fresh legs at the right time and in fairness to them Ellen Gunnar came on and Mano came on and what a contribution they made like even down to the end when Mairead came on and Kay Byrne they all kept the job going it didn't weaken it it didn't strengthen it and pushed it on over the line You didn't panic I mean you were a couple of points down Cork were still playing okay but you really got to grips with them in the second half I think you got one three without reply to go ahead two ten to one seven at one stage, and then Emma Minogue following it up as well with the goal after Cork had a disallowed goal themselves down at the far side. After that, there was really no stopping. You. But your work rate was really, really impressive in that second half, in particular with the substitutes that did come on late on. I think I think going into the game today as well that you know it's our fourth time playing Cork. They beaten us twice by eight point by an eight point margin, and we drew them in a league final. That there was probably a bit of doubt in the group whether we can get get over this hurdle mentally. And I think when we got the goal at the right time to realise we're in this and we put the squeeze on Cork the girls just kept pushing and pushing to keep the squeeze on and they did to the very end to Laura Green's point at the end it just shows the character this group has had the whole way through even when Cork were getting the runners in the other games we kept pushing and that's what we can say we've brought for those games to today and look we've two wins out of two we've one more door to get through and hopefully all going well next week we'll either see ourselves in a learning semi-final or we'll head, head for a quarter-final but look great days work Martin Look confidence is certainly going to be high after that two wins out of two like you said already going into the third game now with the confidence that you have and knowing that you have one step into the knockout stages as well but I mean this will do the world of good for those girls those players they now know that they can put it up against the best because as you said all along Cork are probably one of the catalysts in the group and when you saw the group you found it was going to be hard playing them for the fourth time you've done it the monkey is off the back now and what a performance and what a way to do it 213 to 1-8 like that's a an 8 point victory against Cork here today like you can see you can see with some of the girls coming in that you know it was really a sigh of relief to, to know that they were able to match it with them and go toe to toe you know and look here in fairness Martin look as simple as this the girls were brilliant the whole way through they kept calm even under pressure we can, there's, you can't fault them in any way whatsoever and the, the panel and the group as a whole they were brilliant the way to keep each other going you know the preparation this week was excellent the focus the mindset was in the right place and that's how we got the result here today I suppose do you feel it's more bit lucky in one way that you have the three games up for us whatever way the fixtures panned out the way that it was so at least you know now that the group is in
in your hands destiny is in your own hands you've got the two wins now go on the next day get the third win and it's setting yourself up nicely to head into the knockout stage would you rather have that or rather have had the break because it seems that the more games these girls play the further in confidence they seem to be growing I, I, I'd rather the momentum Aaron even though it's been a hard road you know so like you know we played the three games in Leinster and then we went straight into the Dublin game it's week after week after week but each game we're playing we're building in confidence you know what I mean and today was definitely that massive confidence builder you know we really only had kind of one week off between the league the league replay and the first round of Leinster and other than that we've been on the road ever since you know um, but look we've one more door to focus on getting through and that's our next that's the most important thing now you know what I mean the girls will go away they'll take in this win here today you have to enjoy the wins when they come like this and you know just take it in and we'll, we'll reset now and we'll focus to travel to Galway next week and see can we get another result there well you said all along that the character of this players the group the whole group in particular has been immense so too has the backroom team you've really instilled a bit of confidence into all these players well done take the plaud as the whole lot of you on a fantastic victory here today and best of luck next weekend against Galway thanks very much Martin alright thank you Scott, team captain. Congratulations, brilliant victory over Cork here today in round two of the Glen Dimplex Intermediate Championship. I suppose from your point of view as the player and team captain on the pitch, give us your overall thoughts after the final whistle is gone. Four time lucky. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is, that was a tough match in fairness and uh, we really went head for leather at them and we just kept going. Um, so we're absolutely delighted and over the moon now that we just got the win. Going in at half time, only a goal down, one six to six points. What was the players thinking before the management come in? Because we know they were out in the field for a little while before they come in to, to have a chat with you. So when the players get into the dressing room themselves, what are you saying to one another just going in and at three points down? Um, sure, we usually just kind of encourage each other. We kind of just take a few minutes. Um, we set ourselves. It's, it's very warm out there today, so we all kind of just had to take a bit of a breather um, and just kind of just recollected ourselves and got everyone's opinions out there we kind of just drive each other on it when we're out there as well like, so we just give um, give each other's like our own opinion of what's, what to do next and encouragement so yeah that's kind of what went on before, before the lads came in Well you certainly encourage one another because your work rate and your performance in the second half was immense outscoring Cork and winning it by 213 to 1-8 the substitutes coming on Ellen Gunner getting a, a goal there I think and Tosem Minogue I think getting the second goal as well it's a complete panel performance like as we always say it's not just the 1-15 to 15, it's the girls that's on the bench waiting to come on they certainly made a difference today Absolutely yeah as we say from the start we're a unit so um, no matter who comes on or for how long uh, we played together um, every minute counts so every second counts so um, when they're on the pitch they they work and everyone does sure we have to keep the spots still there's only 1-15 to 15 spots there but we're a panel there's 30 something of us there and every single one of us deserve a spot so training's intense during the week um people are showing up and they're getting their chances too well deserved as well so yeah a team captain two wins from two can't ask much more from yourself and your players absolutely not no we're driving on now after 5pm next Saturday so <laughs> we're driving on for then <laughs> well best of luck with it and congratulations on the great win today thanks very much
Laura Green, congratulations. Uh, fantastic victory, as Hannah was just saying to herself, their fourth time lucky. But tell us, I mean, it, from our point of view, it was really hot where we were even sitting. From your point of view as a players, how difficult were the conditions out there today for you? I suppose that heat was immense, but everyone just knew they had to work hard. We had to use the ball quick. We, weren't try- we were trying not to take too much out of it, get the ball in, deliver it into our forwards and just kind of tip over those scores. It was the same conditions for us and Cork, so we just had to keep driving it on. You got off to a fantastic... Uh, start. He got a couple of points on the scoreboard. Cork seemed a bit rattled. They then come into their stride and they started to run at your defence a small little bit. They got the goal probably from the run of play. But on saying that, you only went in three points down. So what was the toss when you got into the dressing room at half time? I suppose it was like you said. It was very very warm. We were all there was no panic. Like it's three points. They were against. We were against the wind and we were shooting into the kind of bad end of the pitch. To be honest, which is a hard end score to that. And so we kind of knew. Look, we had it. We just need to keep tipping away tipping away and to catch them slowly and we did the girls kept tipping away and that's we came out on top your work rate was really immense in that second half you really stuck in Cork's phases fairly nothing wrong at all at all you do to them what they've done to many a team down the past they probably done, you done the same to them as what they done to you in the league final replay it worked because as soon as you got in their faces they started making mistakes you got on top and you got the goals right at the right time yeah look it all comes down to that hard work, hard work and that work rate like we have to keep ticking away it's not only the scores that are the big like wins for us yeah they'll win matches but it's all those little wins the hooks the blocks that really really contribute to getting over the line at the end and you do play in midfield, although any time you look at you, you could find you anywhere on the field. But contributing with a, a few points as well today and getting the last score to make it the 2-13 as well. Happy with your own performance? Ah, yeah, look, happy enough now, to be fair. I can't, the girls, they're passing me the ball. I can only do as much as I can, but without them, sure, it means nothing. So it is a big, massive team effort. Galway now the next day. In Galway, won't be an easy task. No, look, it won't. Galway will come out. Everyone's always going into get Kilkenny at the end of the day, but we're just going to have to go up and start from the start and get going and tip away at it. Well, congratulations today. Brilliant display and well done and best of luck next week. Perfect. Thanks very much, Martin. you just said to me you haven't done one of these in a long time and it is true because it's rare that the backs ever gets interviewed but to be fair today the backs as a unit you were immense against Cork and it certainly helped to get that 213 to 18 victory uh, yeah the six was like worked as a unit the whole way through the game and we blocked and hooked and turned the ball over as we had to and sure it had to be done to get the win today so very happy with how we all worked after the Leinster final uh, win for yourselves, you knew that you had a bit of momentum coming in to the game against Dublin. You had a very good win against them. Today, another weekend, then, you know, a third, fourth weekend in a row that you've had a game against Cork, you know, played it three times already. What are you feeling when you're coming into the game before the ball is even thrown in today? All you can think is it's another game and you're only blessed as you're, you're only as good as your last game. So and they're just another set of fifteen girls that you're taking on as well. So at the end of the day, like you just have to settle yourself and take them on and play your game. Know how because you know how to play and you have to play your own game. And the fifteen of us to work together because we know ourselves. We are able to speak. We were able. We are. We've beaten Cork. We're able to. 
um, and we learned a lot from the league final I'd say um, about attacking and being aggressive and being in their face and I think we brought that today um, and that's why I think we got over the line today When Cork started to come at you a small little bit in the first half and they started running through they were getting through maybe a little bit easy but you got to grips with that fairly quickly and especially in the second half you really tightened up as a defensive unit and it looked like that there was no way Cork was getting through in that second half especially in the latter stages that group of players the whole lot of the backs really was immense and that did drive the rest of the forwards on because you were getting the hooks and the blocks in getting the ball quickly into the forward and they were doing the business in the other end Yeah like every team has to have their purple patch and Cork had their purple patch then but we stuck to our guns played our game and it like came off like we got our hooks we got our blocks and then got that ball to the forwards and they did what they had to do to get the points and the scores so just just pure work rate when a team gets that purple patch you just have to work hard get the hooks and blocks and that will push on to get scores and that seems to be instilled in the bit of confidence is certainly there but that work rate it seems to be from the goalkeeper right to the 15 to the substitutes that's coming on nobody you know you do your job when you come on that work rate has to be there and if you're not doing your work rate there's somebody else that's there to fill that spot so it really has been instilled into this group of players right from the word go this year yeah like when there's 32 people going for a position like positions on the pitch like if you don't work you know there's someone on the bench that's going to come in and do a better job than you if you're not 100% so like you have to work as hard as possible on the pitch you have to get that 100% out of it so because we have such a bunch of girls there like 32 of us like and every single one of them deserves to be on the pitch like they work so hard so um, like it, 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 you have to work 100% you have to work to top well, as one of the unsung heroes in the backs, well done and an outstanding performance today. You were truly amazing. Best luck next week again, Galway. And see, they're not too bad doing interviews after all, are they? <laughs> not too bad, no. Thanks very much. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Now, well done. Um, you told me, I don't know which match it was after, but you said if the fine weather comes in, you're a top of the ground team. But not only a top of the ground team, from what I've seen today, I think seen great character there today. You believed in these lads. A lot of people in Carlow did believe. People outside didn't give them a chance. But uh, I think that was probably the best performance under Niall Carew since you came into this job. Yeah, no, there's no doubt there was a lot thrown at us. But I, I felt we were in full control at that game from start to finish. There might have been a period about maybe seven minutes in the second half when I felt that we probably should have kicked on we went three up and we had opportunities to go four, five, six up and uh, just the final pass let us down probably forced it a little bit but generally um, I, I was very happy with the lads um, put in a big performance uh, did the right things most of the time so yeah look I'm delighted with them but we were very confident coming down here Brendan um, to be honest with you and I'm delighted for them that's two championship wins um, and we're not finished yet one quarter final now next weekend yeah, pre-quarter final against um, whoever I'd release Wexford or New York, um, and look, we'd be confident going in, but we know we have to perform as well. And these guys are just learning their trade at this stage, Brendan. And I suppose our job is to just keep coaching them the right way. Um, 
nothing spectacular. Uh, they're a good bunch of lads to have their feet in the ground, and I, I think they're going to get better uh, every game and every year. I just think they're that sort of a bunch, and we're sticking together for the last two years, so that's a good sign also. You weathered the storm because I felt uh, I thought the referee had a great game, but I felt he gave three or four very soft frees against you when you were in control at the start of the game. Longford hit a purple patch at the start of the second half, took the lead on a rare occasion in the game, but your team showed great character. You made your changes as you did against Wicklow. They worked very, very well. I know the Limerick game wasn't the game, but Limerick proved to be the best team to top the group, but you're well in this now, Niall, and I think you'll agree with me on those two things that happened today. The character you've shown and the few decisions that went against you. Now, in fairness, you got a few nice ones near the end yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And I suppose it's, it's for us not to get frustrated with the referee. He probably had a decent enough game, um, but you kind of, I suppose, look, to probably balance each other out at the end, freeze. Um, yeah, look, our, our lads are are still learning their trade that's what I'd say about them um, and I, I think you know we've played a, a way more experienced side in, in Longford uh, they're operating a Division 3 for the last number of years um, so it's their two big wins for us Wicklow after getting promoted and now Longford that's our Division 3 team as well albeit they might have got relegated this year um, but yeah look we, we were joint top with Limerick they'll go ahead on the head to head but we finished on four points with Limerick um, so we deserve to be in the pre-quarter final we deserve the home draw and uh, yeah, great support here again for us. So um, no, I, I I think this could be a long year for us. I really do. I, I think these lads are absolutely they're like sponges they really want to learn and um, this will give them great confidence okay and uh, Shawnee didn't take part he's injured Shawnee but Mikey won a hell of a game got a great goal the penalty was dispatched brilliantly by Clarkey you had other goal chances in the game didn't convert them and they're all things I suppose you'll work on in training during the week but overall I don't think you can have any complaints can you ah no these lads gave us absolutely everything and look again Conor Crowley up front uh, just a word in Dara Foley I think he's the all time yeah he broke the record today broke the record today and sure look that's, that's an unbelievable achievement in fairness to him um, unbelievable captain but I don't like singling any players out you know you can go through the Conor Crowley's this world the Conor Dyle's Jordan Morrissey's and Colin Hulton and these lads Kieran Moore and they, I can go through every one of them um, but I do believe the likes of the Mikey Bambrick's getting better and better I think Mikey only made one mistake today uh, and he was probably on the guts of 40 odd possessions that's unbelievable over some ground doesn't he ah yeah look he's, he's a talented footballer and a, a lovely young fella to go with it um, we'll hope to have Shawnee back in the mix next week uh, we just didn't want to force him um, but like people didn't realise today Shane Boogie um, was sick leading into this game and so was Mark Fury um, and they just got through that game with pure character more than anything else and Conor Doyle was a doubt during the week as well but again it was just pure character and I think if I have to sum up this group the word I would use is character um, you know the Clarks you know, three sets of brothers playing as well I mean that used to happen in the 80s but it doesn't happen these days um, so that's an unbelievable achievement as well but look you, you've seen yourself Brendan there was no euphoria when we won that game after it was yeah with job done and that's all it was job done but these are good lads and I think there's good times ahead for this bunch of players and we just want to keep building on that to get a third championship win now next week no matter who it is OK and can I ask you before I do let you go don't know where you were when the hurling was on last week in the Joe McDonough but Carlo being Carlo in the second smallest county P 
people outside of Carlo don't ever give them a chance uh, a lot of people gave them chances of beating off leaders cracking hurling team did the lads take a bit of an incentive for that I know you turn the corner and win it in a Wicklow but surely when the lads look at Crow Park and say if they can do that in the John Mac why can't we do it in the Talton Cup I'm sure you got a bit out of the hurlers to bring it to the table today for the lads as well uh, look I was absolutely delighted for Tom Malady he's a gentleman and a super coach I'm delighted for his management team um, I watched it on television and go into it I hope you were listening to the radio I, 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 I actually watched it on television <laughs> um, but I did hear your comments after they were excellent um, but look other than that I, I'm delighted for Tom he's a super he's super guy and um, delighted for Carl Harlan I've played Harlan in football myself so I, I know exactly what it's like in, in the smaller counties when you're heard playing. you weren't too bad Kyle Dove was it Kyle Dove yeah Ankle there yeah <laughs> Uh, Car- we could never be Carlo either um, I just Niall English is running through my head he gave me a few um, scutchings in, in his day but um, no look I, I suppose um, that certainly did give us a lift there's no doubt it certainly oh. gave us a lift and I, I was delighted for them and it's great for the county OK and before I do let you go you're praising the supporters of Cassie Larger you were fantastic nice number of Carlo supporters today for the bank holiday weekend but home quarter final now next weekend in Carlo and I'm sure you'll urge everybody to be there because the lads deserve the support as do the hurlers the following week so good times ahead in Carlo hurling and football absolutely Brendan and yeah look if I, everyone could come to that game it just gives it such a lift OK so well listen well done today everyone's a lady for you Neil I know the great work and the hard work you put in congratulations to you Dara the captain and all the panel well done thanks Brendan Man, well done no better yes. Dara Foley, congratulations. That Carlo team showed great character under your leadership today and on your own personal tally, well done because I do understand now that the record is officially broken. So congratulations on that and well done on the win. Uh, thanks very much, Brendan. Uh, yeah, great win. Um, I suppose we've known in the group that there's been great there's great character in it and uh, it's just over the last two games or three games it's great to see it come to fruition and the lads are getting the rewards they deserve, you know. We, we knew all along that we were kind of a hard ground team and waiting for the summer ball to come and we're, we're, we're putting the good use and it's uh, yeah, it's looking positive now so onwards and upwards Just said to Tom he mentioned to me earlier on just as you said we're top of the ground team but they got a bit of a good run on you at the start of the second half but you showed great character in working the ball back down the field getting back into the game taking the lead and never surrendered Yeah we suppose we spoke about half time that we wanted to stay on top and uh, control the game and Couple of we we kind of had a couple of chances to, to finish it off, but uh, we we didn't take them, and then they got back into it. Where we had a goal from a turnover, so it's uh, just we show great character, as you said, to, to to get back in control and tip the, tip a few scores over, and then to finish it off the way we did it was great. And I suppose we always knew that we have legs coming in off the bench as well. Like the lads are they're adding serious pace there, and you know Aaron Ammon comes on again, right place, right time, runs from our own 21 yard line and, and gets a, a vital score to put us two up. So yeah. No, all good, all good. You got a great point at the end. I know it was one of a lot because you finished with 19 in total, Carla. But uh, great ball from play, great point from play because you had to spash a few great frees right throughout the game. I know it's not about you, but I'm just complimenting on the score because they were playing fairly well at the time. Ah, yes, yeah, was Shane gave it to me, and I suppose I've played a few times here in Portlaoise, and that, that bottom end goal is kind of a, is a sweet spot for a right, fo- right sided kicker. So it's uh, when Shane passed the ball to me, I said, I might as well have a go. And uh, I suppose if it didn't go over, I probably would, that's probably would have been cursing me, but uh, thankfully it went over anyway and uh, so we, we go again yeah, Great day for you Derek great day for your club great day for your
family because you broke the record. I know Marty Cavanagh did it a few months ago, and uh, Hurling is an exceptional man for Carl. I know you've broken a Carl Legends record, and Brendan Hayden Senior. So well done. And I think you needed two today, and I think you ended up at six or seven. But the two will do. You got. I think your point today was 399, then it was 400. So I think that was the record gone. Correct? Uh, I'm not, yeah, I mean, suppose there's. there's well, I was saying the thing from a guy up in Fermanagh the other day, and he said I broke two games ago. So there's a, it's caused a bit of controversy. So Jared had a different from me. So I'm going by Jared. I am going by Jared. Uh, I'll go by the other lad because he's giving me a few more points. But uh, I know it's 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 a nice record to have, and I suppose it, I suppose it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to my club. You know, we're a small crossroads club, and it's. Uh, uh, very proud to have broken it, but it's uh, it, that's only a personal thing, and it's it's all about getting the win and, and, and progressing Carlow football. And in fairness to the lads, everyone's putting their shoulder to wheel, and hopefully we continue to do it. Quarter final next weekend, Netwatch Cullen Park, very important. Having to jump into the car and drive the length and breadth of the country, so it's home. There'll be plenty of support, and I'm sure you're looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, game on game now, and it's, it's exciting, and it's summer football, and it's what you want. And yeah, hopefully we have a big crowd out now next Saturday even, and uh, we 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 stay going. Uh, my wife now is. Is, is nearly juice so uh, every day she's counting it down she's looking at the calendar so uh, we'll we, we stay going as long as going. we can anyway <laughs> tell her to hang on and listen before I do let you go last week was a magnificent week as the football captain I'm sure you really enjoyed the exploits of the Carlos Senior Hurling team in Aye. Park Park Aye, uh, on behalf of all the lads here we want to pass on our congratulations to the Hurling team it was an uh, unbelievable display in Crow Park and it's 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 unbelievable to see it and it's inspiration to see a Carlo man walking up the steps there to Hogan Stand and, and lifting a trophy and uh, it's something that we, we aspire to do here in the football and hopefully over the next 18 months, two years, we'll be up there and we, we'll be so giving a card off football or something really cheerable. Hopefully this year you could win the Talton Cup you're tired about things are going. Well, that, that's, that's within this 18 months so anyway, that is a target but we're taking it game by game so hopefully Crow Park's the aim so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll be there. Okay, from an easy Carlo dressing room that was Dara Foley the captain on his record on a fantastic win for Carlo in Port Leash against Longford winning by two points. Johnny Fury, well done. That was a Probably as good a football performance as I've seen from Carroll in quite a while. The word character has been used many times, but uh, you were instrumental in that. Brought off a brilliant save at a vital time, but as the last line of defence, how does it feel to be going out of Port Leash with two points in the bag in the Talton Cup? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant, Brendan, you know. Um, you mentioned character. It was a word that we used all week in training in the last two weeks. Do you know, and we really kind of showed it there today. We dug deep, fell behind. Do you know, and we did. We dug deep and we used the line as well. The squad is brilliant. Do you know. How warm was it down there, Johnny? We were looking from the stand. It was cool up on the stand, but was it warm on pitch level? It was. It was very hot now, and it was very little breeze, and it was very humid. You know, so it was tough going. Not too bad for me, Brendan. But I'd say the boys were the boys really emptied the tank there today. As a newcomer to the Carlow Senior Panel over the last number of months, you really must be looking forward to a home quarter final in Netwatch Cullen Park. Because I, for one, think the place will be packed next weekend. Yeah, absolutely buzzing, Brendan. With us, we came here to do a job, and we done it. We got our home home game next week, so hopefully we'll be a savage crowd up for it and good weather. Do you know? Summer ground suits us down to the down to the ground as well. So yeah, really looking forward to it now. And as Carlo goalkeeper Johnny, what pleased you most today with, with the win? I, mean, I know the win obviously pleased everybody from Carlo, but for a man like yourself playing and holding on to your the number one shirt, I don't know, what was your happiest moment there? What were you most happy about? Uh, probably 
redeemed myself a bit, Brendan, and I kicked two bad ones out over the line, a three actually, but uh, you know, I made a good save probably at a vital time, and that was good for myself, but just for the team, just the character we showed today, you know, we really dug deep, and same as the hurlers last week, you know, it's just there's great buzz around the town now about Carlo, you know, so let's. Hurlers were excellent, weren't they? Absolutely fantastic, you know, it was class, great to see Carlo, them colours up in Crow Park, and hopefully, look, we'll keep the ball rolling, get a win next week, and a win after that, then, and hopefully, we'll be in Crow Park as well. Okay, well, listen, thanks for having me. I won't delay if we get to dinner, Johnny. You deserve two dinners today, but well done, and great to have your brother playing in front of you at centre half back as well. You better give Mark a mention. Yeah, he did. Three sets of brothers on this team. Three brothers, yeah. Um, no, Mark had a great game. He was kind of struggling a bit during the week there, a bit, of a, a bit under the weather, but you know, he pulled up trumps and emptied the tank as well. Okay, well, listen, well done. Congratulations on your personal performance, and regards to all the family, they'll all be proud of you tonight. We'll see you in Netwatch Cullen Park next weekend. Cheers. Thanks very much, Brendan. Come on, Johnny. Thank you. Afternoon, lads. How are things? All good now. Uh, getting used to everything that's going on here. I tell you one thing, I don't envy Shane O'Keefe here every Sunday. I don't know how he does it. He's a great man. But anyway, let's hope we're getting through things nicely here. Um, and as I said, you did travel to Portugal last weekend where you Portugal welcomed over 390 athletes from 81 teams. You were one of those teams and you had 11 boxers going over there as well. So tell us, first of all, how did you get on over there? Yeah, so look, it was actually it was a fantastic trip. Um, really, really good. Um, we we brought over eleven boxers. There was a mixture of experienced bo- team members on. Uh, you know, we, we we brought a mixture of uh, experienced boxers and inexperienced boxers, but uh, every one of them performed absolutely fantastic. Um, so we started with eleven in the competition, and by the time we found ourselves at Sunday on final day, we had nine left in the competition. So from the nine, we ended up winning seven seven gold medals, two silver and two bronze. Um, which helped us to win the best team award over there. So we came came first in the overall medal table uh, with the Swiss national team, the Norwegian national team and the French development squads all behind us in the, in the tables as a finish. Well, I have to be honest, Gary, the only boxing that I really see anywhere is either on a GAA field when I'm out refereeing or watching it on the television and that. So um, you often get amateur boxers when it comes to that. But the sport of boxing is certainly vibrant around Kilkenny and Carlo. And just even looking down at one of the names, one of them pops out straight away. And obviously that's Keane Stapleton because we know his mum is involved out there with uh, the coach company that we use as well. But um, yeah, so boxing itself, it's, it's very vibrant within the city. Um, How is your numbers going at the minute because I know you were chatting to Shane before your open weekend there a while back as well so did you get many boxers from that? Yeah so we actually this this season has been our most busy and today we had 180 registered members in the club so when we put that into context in 2017 we had 42 registered members in the club in 2023 we have 180 registered members uh, back in 2017 we had no female members uh, this is the first year in a long time now that we've had a couple of girls and two of them went on to win national titles um, just last month. So, all in all, the club has had probably it's had its most successful season um, in its history. We managed to win five national titles this season. Uh, we had seven lads in national finals, um, and obviously then look going over to international tournaments such as Portimao, 
where you're competing against national federations to come away with the best team award it just showcases the, the, the talent that is within the club um, you know it's a testament to the hard work that the boxers put in and the coaches um, you know there's there's four coaches down in the club and they give every spare moment they have uh, to train in these young boxers um, and it's, look it's a testament to the club uh, and where it's actually at at the moment they're absolutely thriving down there Four coaches sound very little when it comes to, but when I suppose you have dedicated people, um, they're going to do everything in their power, which looking at all of the, the medals that you had over the weekend, they really are putting in the work. So would you like to see more coaches getting involved in the, the sport with yourselves? Yeah, look, it's, I suppose it's, it's one of those difficult things. Um, like in any sport, to get volunteers to come in is always challenging. But then obviously in boxing, it's it's such a difficult sport um, you can't just have anyone walk in the door and start up coaching. Um, you know, you, you kind of there has to be some sort of boxing background. I think um, when, when you get involved in this sport, because you've got to know exactly what you're tr- you're putting the boxers through. You wouldn't like to see anyone uh, get hurt in there. So it kind of takes time. Um, but look, there's we have good volunteers in the club. There's parents there that are obviously they're around the scene a long time now, and they're helping us out bits and pieces where we need it. Um, so yeah, look, to answer your question. It'd be great to get more coaches, but uh, it take it takes a while to, to, to upskill them and train them to to a standard where you could let them off and coach in competitions. And just on that, Gary, is there many would say qualified coaches around the the Carlo and Kilkenny region? Like, or how long does it take to actually get a coach qualified up to the standards that you'd be requiring? Like going off to international duties um, and preparing boxers to a very high standard. Yeah, there, look, there is quite a few coaches around the county board. So our, our county board in boxing here is Leash, Kenny and Carlo. They're all combined together. Um, and there's there's probably 12, 13 clubs within that county board. So every club has probably two or three coaches. Um, but to get to the standard to go to international competitions, it takes that bit longer because you're coming up against very, very high quality opposition um, when you start running into national teams um, you know they're not sending across any just any boxer they're sending across their very very best so it takes it takes an awful lot of time to get to, to get the coaches up to that level and it's just experience it's time going to different competitions and gaining that experience um, and that, that's what we found look our coaches they've been there a long long time uh, most of them have boxed at some point in their lives with us in the club Um you know, so they're there. They're there. The bones of ten, fifteen years, um, and and they, they gain experience by being on the road. Yeah, well, you can't beat experience. That's for sure. Come here to me. Having that, I suppose, when you look at it, eleven boxers is classed as a fairly big team when you're going anywhere, and obviously the logistics around that as well is not that easy. It's not a matter of just hopping on a plane and going over and participating in a boxing ring, etc. There's a lot of stuff that has to be prepared before that. Um, so give us a, a small little bit of a rundown, like on logistic wise, like over the weekend, what it entails. Yeah, so we we actually left for Portugal on Thursday Thursday afternoon. Um, we had a flight five o'clock on Thursday evening. We arrived into Faro Airport uh, Thursday night at about half nine, and we went straight away um, from the airport directly to uh, the venue, the competition venue, where we had our boxers. They got weighed into the competition, and at about half eleven on Thursday night, the draw took place. So we knew we knew by midnight exactly where we stood going into the weekend. Um, look, we were fortunate enough. We have a couple of parents um, that are that travel across with us, so it's not just down to the coaches looking after the boxers. Um, you know, have to give credit to the, to the parents, and um, they spend an awful lot of time making sure that the boxers are looked after, they're fed, they make sure they're the water properly. You know, and that's that's very important as well. Um, then we obviously got up early Friday morning. All the boxers went down to the venue where they had to have their medical examination uh, conducted by the doctor and. 
then we began the boxing uh, Friday afternoon. So we had four four boxers in action on Friday afternoon. We had Charlie Burke, uh, we had Evan Burke, we had Jack Johnson, and we had Keane Stapleton. All four of those boxers were in quarterfinal action. They all managed to come through, uh, which was great. Boxed against a couple of national uh, boxers as well. On Saturday, then we had seven boxers in action. Most of those those four lads that I mentioned, they were back in action. Um, plus a couple extra lads, Aaron Ellis, um, we had an action. We had Tommy Fitzpatrick in action as well. So we managed to get six of those boxers through to finals. And we had nine. We had nine in the finals then on Saturday. So it was a very, very busy weekend. There's two rings running in that competition. So we were jumping between rings. There was a couple of times where we had boxers that clashed with one boxer in each ring at the same time. So we had coaches obviously having to split between the rings, um, which is it's can be quite difficult and quite challenging at the best of times yeah. because obviously when you have a couple of boxers in quick succession, you're trying to uh, have them all warmed up, have them properly prepared, and you're having to race between rings. So it's not ideal. But look, we made the best of, of the situation we found ourselves in. Um, the team that we brought over, as I said, they all performed exceptionally, and we managed to to get the get the goal at the end. So um, we were just delighted. We actually didn't get to stay around for the closing ceremony where the awards were presented as we were racing back for a flight back to Dublin. And uh, so we didn't actually get to pick up the, the best team award. But, uh, That's a pity. Yeah, yeah. So one of the one of the Irish referee and judges, he actually picked the, the award up on our behalf. So we'll be back in the club now uh, tomorrow. Yeah, well, that's a, great, a fabulous achievement and to have nine boxers in a final out of 11 as well um, coming up against the, the likes of the Swiss, the Norwegians, the French, etc. Fair play to every one of you that's out there in the boxing club. You do great work and I often hear you having a chat with Shane um, on scoreline uh, here as well. So uh, it is a fantastic sport for youngsters to keep facing to keep them active um, and it's great that we're able to produce boxers that hopefully will go on to elite level as well and on to represent Ireland at international level and you seem to be certainly putting boxers in that right direction fingers crossed as the fella says yeah absolutely look that, that's always the plan we obviously start these boxers out at 11 years of age in their competition but we want to see them go on to senior and elite level boxing you know when they get to 18, 19 years of age so at the moment the the boxers are progressing quite well and um, we have a couple of lads that are currently 17, 18 years of age now. We hope to see them now in the senior ranks over the coming years um, and hopefully, look, they'll bring back a couple of senior and elite titles to Kenny. Well, please God, as was said earlier, fingers crossed and hopefully all that will go well and the very best of luck to you and the rest of the boxing club as well for the year ahead. God only knows, I might be having a chat to you even on Monday's full time uh, later on in the year. We might be able to get uh, a bit more promotion of the boxing going as well with that too. But for the time being, Gary Kyo from Marble City Boxing, thanks a million for joining me on Sunday Scoreline here this afternoon and enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekend. Thanks very much for having me, lads. Thank you. I'm not too bad now, yourself. Ah, sure. Cannot complain at all at all. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. Carlo is after winning. It's all good. But talking about good weather, have you any tips for our listeners, for those who are training in the likes of the good weather and what is important to keep especially your hydration uh, levels up at this stage? 
main thing, yes, is taking up, taking in enough water, and a lot of people going out for walks and hikes and doing things that we wouldn't normally do when we have bad weather. So the main thing is to take in enough water and make sure your sodium levels taking electrolytes in, and putting electrolytes into your water and keeping your sodium levels up because we're going to be sweating a lot, sweating out a lot of sodium, and making sure we don't get any dehydration or, or lightheadedness. Davey, is there any recommended, I suppose, minimum take of what amount of fluids that you should be taking, i.e. water, etc., for the warm weather, or is it down to each individual themselves? Yeah, it's only individual, but for an absolute minimum, I, I, I suggest about two litres more. But everyone's like, you know, people are going to be sweating more, and people who are bigger or smaller people, whatever it be, draw more or less water, but two, two litres will be a minimum. minimum. And in this hot weather especially, and it looks like it is going to last for another little while as well, how can the heat affect your training? Yeah, I suppose when we're not used to it initially, it does affect the big time. It takes us a few days, especially Irish people who are very pale and not used to this hot weather. But it takes a few, a few days to get used to it. And the main thing is to try not to train too much or too long outside when it's extremely hot in the middle of the day. That's our performance levels are going to be down a little bit just because we're not used to it. And recently, because uh, Shane has left me a few notes here as well, just for yourself, that you've had one of uh, your clients in that has been training for a marathon abroad, and that was Paul Dempsey. Paul is, of course, one of our own Liz Dempsey's uh, umpires. So, um, have you got the results of how Paul done out foreign? Yeah, he did the uh, Stockholm marathon. There. He did uh, three or nine. Three hours, nine minutes um, there yesterday, and he got on really well. He said that the weather was very, very hot. He said it kind of pulled him back a little bit. But, see, that's hard to train with because, you know, when you're training in a different country and it's not hot, it's, it's hard to manage that. But he did very well, three three hours, nine minutes. That's fair going, all right, to be fair to him. Um, I've been listening, I suppose, to all of the interviews that you've been doing with Shane over the last little while, and obviously you do run... Um, your gym uh, above on the Hebron Road etc so what kind of advice would you have for novices or people like me who used to go to the gym and maybe have went away with it for a while and you know are maybe looking to get back into to doing things again make sure just get some help off someone and, and go in and ask for the advice ask for the help don't go in and try and do it on your own back if you're not sure what you're doing and, and build, your up, build yourself up slowly week by week and try not to do everything in one week and then talk too much and be too sore build it up week by week and build it up slowly do you think that and maybe this is a stupid question to be asking but do you think personal training suits people more than individuals going in themselves and maybe getting a program off you and being left off to their own devices then 100% yeah because if you're going to get the results that way everything's going to be tailored towards you everything's going to be tracked you know you're going to build it up slowly and, and take it from there and I suppose too, it obviously depends then on trainers. Um, if people are looking maybe to change gyms, etc., that they have been in and maybe they're not getting on so well in it, is it possible then to join yourselves at any stage up there in the Hebron Road? Exactly, yeah, you can join us at any time. The, the gym is completely open to anyone, anyone new or old, whatever it be. They can join at any time, yeah. I did see there was a couple of special offers that was going there recently. Are those special offers still available to clients? Yeah, we still have our spring sale there on the moment. It's on the website on David Jones Fitness IE, so click on that and over the weekend you can have a look at all our sale prices and they're still still available this weekend. And I know you're a busy man, obviously, with the Strongest Man competition. Have you had any competitions that uh, was on recently or any that is upcoming that you're currently training for? 
Yeah, I trained for Ireland strongest man now this August now it's on uh, the first week of August in Limerick so yeah all, all steam ahead for that now and I suppose when it comes up to a, a, a big event like that does your training change because obviously everyone has seen Strongest Man on the television and some of the stunts that you have to do a normal person certainly wouldn't be able to do it so what kind of intense training will you be doing coming up to the build up to it? Ah, yeah, each week I'll be you know, increasing the weight on the lifts and bringing up my fitness levels, conditioning levels and it'll get harder and harder each week and the time of training, you know, some sessions could be three hours and it'll be, it'll be ramped up right up to the week before and then the week before then you kind of take the rest of the week to rest your body and then you should be in full steam ahead. And Davey, how big is the, the strongest man uh, seen around Ireland? Like, will there be many competing now at the event in Limerick in August? Yeah, the top 10 lads in the, Ireland, in, in the country now will be at that. They all would have to qualify for this. In Ireland, it's after coming on last, a lot in the last five years, but in the UK, it's much bigger. Bigger events. There's 15, 20,000 people that's in the stadiums watching. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot more um, money in over there. There's everything. So the Irish lads are trying to break through in Ireland and get to the UK, get to America and all these bigger countries and bigger competitions. And tell me, if you do qualify then, as would say the strongest man out of the Ireland one in August, can you then progress on further maybe to the world's strongest man, or how does that work? Yeah, you go to UK strongest man first, that'd be kind of the next step in stone, and then after that, then European competitions, you do well there, and you kind of get spotted and you get invited to UK, or the world's strongest man is kind of invite only, so once you get invited then you go then and no Irishman has ever made the final so it'd be good to see an Irishman make the final well it certainly would and we'd be keeping fingers crossed especially for the local lad uh, in yourself as well Davey as always because I know you're a busy man up there thanks a million for taking time out to have a chat with myself here on uh, Sunday Scoreline um, enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekend and as we said anyone looking to get any tips or anything that way get on to Davey's website it is available or you can get in contact with himself as well and he'd be more and help me to help anyone that is in need of any assistance there. Thank you. I'm fine, Martin. I'm fine in yourself. Ah, sure. Cannot complain at all, apart from trying to get yeah. used to everything here. I don't know how Shane O'Keefe does it, but anyway, he's a master at what he does. And you're a master when it comes to darts as well. So fill us in on all the details of what happened in Andy's last Friday. Well, I tell you, it was, it was another brilliant final between Trevor Valley and Mick, O'Keefe, Mick Dwyer Jr. Now, it's it's no real uh, surprise to anyone that the two were in the final again because at the moment the two of them are number one and two in the in the rankings, which is absolutely brilliant. And the final, Martin, was unbelievable. Really, really brilliant final altogether. One of the best finals that I've seen out there for a long time. Joe, I suppose everybody knows that the, the Premier League of Darts even was on over in the, the UK as well and we've had all yes. the big names that was playing in it yes. and Michael Van Gerwen coming away with victory even though he did have yes. back problems uh, the week before that as well. But how big is the darting scene around uh, Kilkenny and Carlo at the minute? Uh, it's very, very good at the moment, Shane. Or Martin, it's very, very good. There's loads of players that are playing. A lot of people don't like going to play 
for the county teams because of the amount of uh, time and effort that's put into it. It's, 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 it's an awful, an awful slog for an awful people to go to the county sides. But there's, there's some brilliant players out in Andes at the moment. Like there's Trevor Valley would be one of the top players in Ireland. And Mick Dwyer Jr. would be the same. But you have local players. You have uh, Timber Jimmy O'Dwyer. He played brilliant last time, mate. He had 500 nations in the game. He did 134 and 128, which is absolutely brilliant. And then you had Nicky Welch from Carrageen. Now, Nicky's in his 70s. So what's the dart he's done the other night? He had two on 80s. He took out 126 and 146. And he took out 126 on the bull. 19, triple 19, the bull. Absolutely brilliant finishing from Nicky. That's what that was. Brilliant. Well, it just goes to show that age is certainly only a number because if you're able to play yep. and take out scores like that, by God, fair play that, to him. That is. You have Conor Fenley, Conor from Kilmagani. It's his first year playing in, in the tournament. But he's thrown unbelievable. He's playing really, really great arts. And when he gets a bit more experience, that will help him even better the next time. Because he's playing lads who have, like, loads of experience. Connor, he's definitely have to be one of the players of the tournament so far. And and Pat Dalton from Kilmagani, or sorry, Pat Dalton from Hogginstown, he's playing unbelievable arts as well. Like he took out 135 the other night, hit three one eight. He's playing brilliant, and uh, his his uh, his friend uh, John Murphy, he's thrown absolutely brilliant as well. So the darts, the darts that are being played out there, Martin, is absolutely fantastic. Joe, the the Premier League of darts. Give us a rundown of how that works. If there was a couple of finals that was played last Friday, is that the end of the Premier League of darts, or does it still continue for another couple of weeks? Or how exactly does no, that work? No, the, 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 the Premier League of darts that's finished now. That won't start again till next February. That's that's the end of that. Okay, that, and what, that, what's the next uh, big competition that's coming up then for our local darts players? Oh, oh, sorry for our local dart players. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was talking. You were talking about the Premier League on television. No, the Premier League goes on for another five weeks in Andes. But unfortunately, if you turn up, if you turn up, you can play. There's no problem at all. But you won't be able to make the the, the board for the the grand finals night. Yeah, you have to play in at least six of the the nights to be able to play. But there's only five left now, so that's it. So anyone who hasn't turned up can't play. Well, we have about 40 players at the moment who are ready to qualify for the grand finals, and that's a brilliant night altogether. That that night is. And when exactly do they take part, Joe, or whereabouts well, do they take part? The, the, the grand finals is on for Saturday, the eighth of July, and it, it's Saturday eight o'clock. And if anybody wants to come and watch the darts that are being played. If they, if they come up to me, I'll point them in the direction. Like, there'll be eight or ten boards going the same night. And I'll be able to say, hey, look, lads, go and watch board five. That'll be an unbelievable game. We're going watch board two. Another great game. You, you know, some of the games will be unbelievable out there. And like, I think... Valley hit two 180s back-to-back there. Uh, last week and the week before. Like, <laughs> I know it's a very, very unusual thing, but... If someone hit a nine darter, I hope they hit it out in Andes because it's an absolutely brilliant place to play darts. 
and the staff are the staff are unbelievable out there as well. Yeah, well, I have to say the darts are very in, enjoyable to watch. Um, that yeah. county, that group finals, I should say, or the grand finals, that's taking place in Andes as well. Is it on the eighth of July? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all all running Andes. Andy, Andy has eight boards up on the wall. They're not stands. Yeah, he has eight boards up on the wall. You can go and throw there. It's it's, un, it's an unbelievable venue for darts, man. It's unbelievable. And just as you were saying about the Premier League finishing in the UK, I think it's actually the World Cup of Darts is actually the next one that's coming up now for yes. all of those players. Yes, Have yeah. we got any local interest from Kikenny or Carlo that might be making an appearance maybe for the Irish team? No, not not this year. Steve Lennon, unfortunately, is is not playing. Like Steve Lennon got to the, the final of it. Steve Lennon was beaten in the final of it himself with Willie O'Connor. I think it was three years ago. It was an unbelievable achievement to get to the final. And they were, they were narrowly beaten. Well, I know it was probably 4-2, I think, they were beaten. But they played unbelievable in that. But I, I, I don't think we have much hope in, in, the, in the upcoming one. And for Steve then, because Willie may be playing then, and I think he's a Limerick man, if I'm not mistaken. But for Steve oh, then... Yeah, he's from, well, he's from Cappamore. What's next for Steve Lennon? Because obviously the World Championships is a fair bit away yet, um, and even for qualifications and that. But has he any chance of playing in any of the big competitions that's coming up uh, for Steve? Oh, he has. Steve Lennon, he's an absolutely brilliant dart player. Unbelievable. He's really, really brilliant. I, I know Steve when he was about 12 or 13, and I was watching him coming up. He's a phenomenal dart player. His attitude is unbelievable now I've never seen anyone with an attitude like Steve Lennon he's able to he just compose himself so well he's brilliant out there but I say Keen Barry Keen Barry will probably be probably be Keen Barry and Willie O'Connor I'd say in the World Cup and do you give them any kind of a hope, uh, Joe? Because I've seen Keen Barry play even when he was the the younger champ, um, the youth champion over in the UK as well at the World Championships. He seems to be a bit erratic at times because he's he has great ability, but he doesn't seem to be able to to perform as you know set after set or leg after leg. And you know if he can produce that kind of darts, we know that he can. He can be one of the best players that's going. Uh, I tell. It's the same thing with Keen Barry. I know Keen Barry since he was 10 or 12 as well, an absolutely phenomenal youth player. He was unbelievable. Keen Barry, he will learn. This is kind of his first real year on the Pro Tour. He will learn from this. He'll gather experience from it. Keen Barry will know himself that he can't hit 140 and then go in and hit 45 or 36. You, you can do that in a pub game, but you can't do it on the stage. Yeah. You can't do it on... No. Another, another brilliant player, though. Another brilliant player. Well, certainly one to watch out and we have a lot of Irish players that could be in the, the mix and that. I suppose if I was to put or make you put a bet on wet right now and I know the World Championships is not coming up for a while but looking at the darts players that's around at the minute if you were fancying anyone for the World Championships who would you be putting your money on? For the World Championships? Yeah. Oh, that's a long way away, Martin. That's a long, long way away. You never know. Someone could, someone could come into a bit of farm the week beforehand and carry the farm through you could have a lad in great farm coming out to it and next thing his farm is gone like like Kurt Shepherd was a, an absolute 
nailed on a guarantee of that. Kurt Shepard had his year. He won the World Championship. He was in the top 16, I'd say, for about two years. And then his rankings ran out. And now no one, no one ever hears of Kurt Shepard. So everybody has a chance at the World Championship. It all depends on your form on the day, Martin. Yeah, well, that, I suppose that is very true. That's spoken like a true politician, Joe. If the, the darts don't work out for you, uh, you know, you always have a chance of going into politics, I think, because I think you'd be very good at it. <laughs> no, 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 thanks. Nothing to do with the politicians at all, man. No, no. Joe Coyne it has been a pleasure having a chat with you thanks for joining us here on Sunday Scoreline and giving us the rundown with the darts the best of luck for the remaining couple of weeks there getting played in Andes and uh, coming up to the grand finals and no doubt we'll be having a chat to you before the grand finals on the 8th of July and and Martin can I just say to you before I go that we wouldn't be able to run this tournament without the sponsorship and two worlds sponsor it but Jerry Comfort Weldrill from Pilltown, he sponsors it as well, and so does Adrian O'Connor from Red Oak Windows Cleaning. Without the sponsorship, Marin, you wouldn't be able to run these sermons. So I'd just like to say thanks to the lads and for their, their sponsorship. No problem. You just did, and well said, Joe, yeah. because you're dead right. Nothing could be done without sponsorship, so very appropriate yeah. that they are acknowledged as well. Joe Coyne, thank you so much for joining us on this bank holiday weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Enjoy tomorrow, and enjoy the rest of the good weather that's coming, hopefully, for the rest of the week, and best of luck coming up for your grand finals as well with the rest of the Darks. I will indeed, Marilyn. Thanks. Roasting like most people anyway, I'm turning into a uh, sweet potato with the way my skin is looking <laughs> with the farmer's burn and all that. The marks are very, very obvious and I want to show a little bit more skin than usual, but uh, however, I can't really complain. Life is good when you have this weather floating. Exactly. We don't get it too often, so we'll we'll take it when it's going. Right, as we said, presentation secondary school, excellent performance. Two teams competing in the Juniors Cup finals in Limerick, so how did they get on? Well, they did uh, well to get to the final. It's, it's been been an interesting year I have to say for the Prez uh, in particular with the teachers uh, Miss Carey and Miss MacDonald uh, they're always uh, feeding uh, we're with the Spartan Volleyball Club feeding into uh, the Prez because they're only up the road from our base in the watershed and it's always been good to kind of give them a help and help along whenever they need it or any time I step in to kind of coach and maybe give a few pointers or advice just based on my own coaching experience within the game for over 20 years so taking that on board they went on the day you know, they had made their own merit they went through a couple of uh, qualification rounds anyway to get to that stage anyway which was the big finals they organised by Volleyball Ireland for the school's cup and first up were the, the main team which were in the B final and they were up against the Newbridge school of um, Piper's Hill only Piper's Hill uh, all the games were on YouTube so I was able to see it uh, on my phone here in Kilkenny while they were on their school day you know going down to compete and then they had you know some of the schools from probably the same years uh, that weren't playing supporting them uh, and the 
made a lot of noise and I think that kind of helped it along because who knows when you're kind of like in the lion's den with a load of more than one man and his dog looking at a game that you have a whole bunch of people then looking at you that sometimes the occasion can kind of get to them and yep. they did what they did was they did better than probably uh, the, well the main thing they did better than the other team and holding their nerve whenever it happened making less mistakes and consolidating leads in their sets so the, that was a good start to the day with the B team uh, with the yeah the main team of the Prez winning the B final and then the C C team or the C final with the second team of Prez were up against uh, a new team I can't remember what they were called but they were a school in Westmead anyway uh, only new to volleyball and um, they, they did what Our they could do Our Ladies Boar would that be right? That's it yeah Our Ladies Boar yeah I don't know it was the first time I've ever heard of that so sorry to any of, my, any of the Westmead uh, supporters that are listening here now anyway but um, it has been in, in the end uh, Westmead took the honours anyway because they just they just managed to make less mistakes it's usually at that kind of level when especially when they're less than a year playing the game that they wouldn't know the intricacies of systems and rotations and different styles just keeping the ball alive over and in and just keeping with the basics foundation of bump set spike um, but just in saying that that's just a remarkable achievement for for um, for a bunch of girls that really I remember only started out with our other club coach uh, Root Boys in um, just getting the ball rolling and just getting them to kind of like get familiar with the game adapt and you know try and take it a little bit more to heart as well as on board more than just like taking a day off school or, think, or just going with the honour you know so at least they you know they walk the talk a bit more and you could see there was a nice little development building it up and getting two, two, two teams from the same year in in the finals was a big achievement and having one team to be successful and coming out on top the main team was probably the cherry on top of the cake yeah it certainly was it's always nice to bring home a bit of silver where with uh, any kind of a group it is I suppose at the Spartans Volleyball Club which ye are based in the watershed he also held the men's final between UCD and Aer Lingus in what seemed to be a very exciting and dramatic match it was but like it was the whole weekend and that was just the, the main grand finale I suppose but a lot of matches that were held over that particular weekend it was the first weekend of May where they had the National League final so they had a whole they had four games even on the Saturday which had a promotion relegation uh, playoff uh, at heart uh, but on the finals day you, know, you were looking at the main finals that were um, UCD my old uh, my old uh, volleyball team of when I started off for so many years and still competing at the top a few familiar faces from same neck of the woods in terms of age my generation are still kind of keeping it going which is kind of good like the game is kind of like almost a game for life to some extent and it would be the same with Erlingus guys I've known for umpteen amount of years still playing at, a, at the highest level in Ireland anyway and it was greatly good just to see the whole buzz to be here again like we had cup finals as well organised by Volleyball Ireland back at the start of April but I think uh, a lot more of the crowd kind of got um, embraced I suppose from all the promotion that had happened at the cup finals that there was more 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 bums on seats I suppose and also we had a lot of our um, junior Spartans acting as volunteers on the day so they actually got to see the creme de la creme that were playing there so yeah in the final the UCD just had a bit more know-how about them when it came to closing out the sets and they were tight sets but in the end like sometimes it's just like one or two 
points that can always make the difference and that was kind of like the case especially in the first two sets of that match and then they kind of almost had known in the third set when they had a commanding lead that they had it in the bag then after that and Santry Calypso coming away with the women's title uh, tight enough as well 3-2 against cup champions Guardians VC they did but they came from two sets down as well which was even more dramatic how the teams got to the final was that um, after they currently like the rugby with the URC the top four uh, I think it is don't they go into semi-finals and then there's a final so there was the top three so the top one had already got an automatic buy well uh, Guardians had beaten in, uh, UCD the day before in a five set trailer as well and just edged that on top so it was good to see uh, good to see the fight back and uh, you know it was a dramatic tense affair of bit by bit just uh, slowly you know eating into the belief of the Guardians who who'd already um, took the first two sets and Calypso were just uh, they made a few changes and just enough to make a, a decent dynamic to get them over the line in the third set and fourth set and so when the ascendancy of the momentum was with them they car- carried it all the way till the very end the fifth set tie break and I think they were deserving winners especially with that journey and getting back from zero to three sets How big is volleyball in Ireland Betty? Like would there be many clubs participating even for yourself taking part in competitions would you come up against many opposition? I think there is now there is now there wasn't pre-COVID a lot of the time like I would know from from playing volleyball for so long that I was playing with UCD and even when I was commuting you know for since 2008 2009 I think it was I'd still made the commitment of going up and down to UCD training twice a week playing being uh, available for matches at weekends or any other tournaments um, just being able to but that was like the if you really wanted to play volleyball that's what you had to do that was your commitment because it wasn't in every town like the same way we'd have soccer GA in most towns and villages so it's easy when you don't have a lot of travel to do so it was, it's a big kind of commitment that was very off-putting for a very long time but also I'd say the the grassroots level it wasn't uh, planted properly because a lot of the time like when you're in school and play volleyball you think you're only just playing it during school time or it's a day off school or something yep. like that but there was no after school projects and a lot of clubs would, wouldn't would have the incentive or the encouragement to set up uh, junior clubs mainly because if they wanted to play uh, the nearest team they might have to travel to Dublin or Kildare or Cork and that would be the same for uh, teams or clubs in those counties but having said that there's been a lot of progression with Volleyball Ireland in terms of trying to get it out to as many counties as possible and spreading it out because the the lack of connection came from most schools were say in the countryside while most uh, senior clubs were in, were in Dublin in particular about 90% now you can get to see that you know uh, Dublin the conveyor belt of Dublin is a commuter belt even has got it, um, it's it's more extended now as it is so even for us it only takes an hour an hour and 15 minutes on the motorway to get from here to Dublin whereas I remember the bus journeys have taken two and a half hours so transport wise you know infrastructure has really really helped but also having uh, people in certain spots and being able to give an encouragement incentives like I did when I set up the club here in Kilkenny in 20 2018 that little by little I was able to grow it with the 
name because it's a it's a global sport. Everyone knows what volleyball is, but with the multicultural community that we have and a lot of, especially with new kids, um, New Ireland, you know, a lot of their families and traditions don't come from a GA background, so they're not kind of, you know, stuck within the Irish heritage or tradition or culture. You know, they're stuck from whatever their country's culture may have been or their upbringing or from their parents or grandparents. And one of the things that uh, that kind of marries a lot of people together from all sides of the world is a global sport like volleyball like the same way we have with soccer or basketball or tennis or something like that it's known globally and it's a universal language in itself so the attraction for the game uh, is definitely risen mainly because of you know our multi cultures uh, community and a lot of people by knowing volleyball but also from a lot of the groundwork uh, at grassroots level that Volleyball Ireland has implemented to get like say for example a person like me to be able to concentrate on my area and the nearby counties whether in Carlow, Waterford, Wexford Tipperary and to be able to keep the encouragement and the promotion that there is a volleyball club in the vicinity but ideally you'd want every county to ha- and every town to have their own volleyball club but you you need personnel in place and that isn't always easy but it's getting bigger and better yeah well it certainly would be ideal to have something like that in place um, I suppose recently too you were awarded a club participation and community development award from Volleyball Ireland for the Spartan Club so briefly tell us exactly what that was um, or what did you get the award for yeah um, well Volleyball Ireland annually have uh, end of year awards and usually it's a presentation of um, league and cup winners and runners up but also they have added on extra awards that a lot of time goes unrecognised uh, behind the scenes to be able to get um, volleyball, uh, more volleyball matches or events or opportunities to, to be on show for the general public to be attracted to. So they've they announced a few other kind of awards that kind of reward the club rather than the individual and um, th- for this award it, it was um, they were awarded it to the Spartans Volleyball Club based on um, I suppose the, um, the amount of events and sessions that we've now grown on because we're now working within at least four different sections within the club we have a primary school section a second uh, secondary school section then we have team training where we have men's and women's teams competing in the league both at uh, junior level and senior level as well as an adult uh, social volley and skill sessions for those that are recreational players so we're trying trying to reach out to as many different um, communities as possible and different interests whether it's at a competitive or recreational level and Volleyball Ireland recognised and acknowledged a lot of the work that's been done you know, by myself and other members within the club in trying to maximise participation and in particular trying to reach out to the community and giving our own kind of create our own uniqueness we're not just being a volleyball club but being as as the motto goes a social club with a volleyball problem well I wish you the very best of luck with it unfortunately I don't know where the time goes when you're in the studio but it certainly catches up on us and it has flown by as well but Benny thanks so much for coming in having a chat with us the very best of luck for the remainder of the year and with volleyball teams whoever you're with throughout Ireland etc if anyone does want to get um, in contact with you is there a Facebook page or a website around that they can Indeed, get you? Indeed yeah like we have the usual social media platforms that are there so we're working off of Facebook 
Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can just find it when you just type in uh, Kilkenny Spartans Volley uh, most of the time, and their website says uh, SpartansVC.ie. But you'll find us more regularly on the social media platforms, and you'll see a lot of promotion and other announcements that we do and the information that we give out about the club and volleyball in particular. Mm-hmm.